Welcome to the Rising Tide Podcast with D. Klein and Eric P. Rhodes. Each week, the Rising Tide Podcast brings you the latest stories from a world where art, technology, and culture converge. Ride the wave of the future with us. The tide is rising, and the possibilities are endless. How you doing, Eric? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Great. Yeah. It's uh warming up here, so I'm happy. <sighs> yeah, it it's cold here, man. It's oh, getting cold here now. It's not negative 74 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> uh, but 20 degrees is pretty cold. <laughs> that was insane. So yeah. I'm happy that it's warming up. Uh yeah, anyway, weather's when you probably- say warming up, when you say warming up, what exactly do you mean? uh so this next week's gonna be right around freezing so 32 fahrenheit uh oh so you're up 100 degrees (laughs) literally (laughs) literally up 100 degrees fahrenheit from last week's lows isn't that nuts okay that's insane that's what everybody came here to listen to is us talking about the weather of course (laughs) don't don't all great conversations start that way it's the go-to you know safe conversation right (laughs) And then That's we right. turn to controversy. One of the topics I wanted to talk about today is this whole uh, Taproot Wizards, Opcat, uh, Quantum Cats. Have you looked into that at all? The Bitcoin I don't movies? know about this. I'm excited okay. to hear about it. All right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a hot topic. There's a lot of anger yeah. on the interwebs over Quantum Cats. What about you? You know, this is such a small community, and yet each week we find different topics that we're going to talk about. Yeah. It's crazy. This one has some history to it. Yeah, good, good. I want to talk a little bit about the new, old IRS tax law with the update. Ah, I actually yeah. looked into that too. Good. Okay. All right. Good. Good. So we'll we'll touch on that. Previously, it was you had to report things that were, were transactions that were ten thousand dollars or more. Now we've got a little bit more clarity about what that means. We'll talk about that in good. a little bit. Okay. Well, it sounds like you know more than I do. Then, I mean, uh, like barely. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. Also not, I know it's a double negative. We can't not talk about ETFs. Uh, right. At this stage, there's some very yeah. interesting progress there and some disagreement and some people are poo-pooing it and some people are saying, hey, whoa, this is amazing. So some very interesting statistics. And hey, I'm not, again, an ETF expert, but I look at some people who are ETF experts and I admit it, I trust some of them. I know that's frowned upon in the crypto community. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, so I've got a little bit of a discussion go- to go, hopefully, with you on that topic. Yeah, trust and, of course, and verify. Yeah, I've got my blocked. I'm looking forward to sharing that too. Yeah, I've got a blocked. He's a repeat offender. So we'll figure <laughs> <laughs> Who could it be? Yeah, and I've got another topic. Uh, actually, it was a conversation I was involved in. Oh, there's there's the pooch. Um, yeah, if you hear the occasional uh, chewing chewing ASMR in the background, you know that's just consider that a bonus. Definitely, that's Bailey um, doing doing his part to be a, a part of the conversation here. <laughs> and um, oh, so the conversation I want I wanted to talk about was something I was a part of between uh, Jimmy ETH and Sean Bonner, two OG punk holders, okay. and I may have instigated this conversation about punks and copyrights again 
I've got a little bit more clarity. I want okay. to share a little bit more about what I learned and update people because update some people, some on the current state of what the what the lawyers are saying and the legal experts are saying. You just can't resist stirring up shit. I don't do it on purpose. It's just things <laughs> I'm interested in. I have an opinion. It's generally, I don't want to say undereducated, but let's say it comes from a place of wanting to learn. Yeah, and then people get inst- excited about it. I didn't, you know. Yep. Don't blame me. Blame blame the internet. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day about personality types, and I'm definitely the debater, I guess, personality type. I don't know what category that falls under, depending on if oh. you're using colors or numbers or whatever. Uh, I just love arguing about stuff, you know, and not in an angry way, just, you know, hammering out an issue. I don't know if I'm a, I don't know what I would be. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not great at debates because I disagree. If you think I'm good at debates? That was a joke. Oh, (laughs) oh, I totally, (laughs) uh, totally over my head. Terrible. Absolutely terrible, Eric. It's still, it's 11 o'clock and I'm still tired. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just I don't I I if I get in a debate with somebody, I'm more interested in what they have to say, and I need to ingest it, listen to it, and then like four days later, I'll have a great response for that. Mm, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, to me, it's yeah. part of the learning process. I mean, people change my mind all the time. I think that's a healthy thing. Oh yeah, I'm open to having my mind changed. I yeah. think you're, you know, but that's a whole other. We have well, a lot I mean, of maxis in this space, and and they're not. They're it seems like they're not open to having their mind changed. What a great segue to the quantum cats controversy. See what I did there? See? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so quantum cats, they're Bitcoin ordinals. Mm-hmm. They're evolving Bitcoin ordinals. They actually change over time. Uh, Taproot Wizards is the entity behind them, which, of course, they had very successful Bitcoin ordinal launch. I think they made like $7.5 million or something like that off of them. With and... those weird kid drawn looking yes yeah exactly those um and now they are launching quantum cats which is january 29 they are having a mint date Three thousand cats will be for sale at a fixed mint price of 0.1 btc what's that four thousand yeah that's their mint price so now uh with that they have like this little quest people can participate in to get on a whitelist um everyone else is first come first serve um they're kind of having a bit of humor with it with the cat theme it's based on this op underscore cat code that was originally proposed to be in bitcoin but because of the fact that it opened it up to a lot of dynamic scripting complexities it was kind of kiboshed early on in the development of bitcoin uh, it just brought too many possible vulnerabilities with its complexities and the possibility to like just bog down the network with um, all kinds of possible attack vectors. And so this is something that's this particular group is saying, hey, we should look at reintroducing this. And this is kind of a celebration of that. Of course, there's a lot of fear around that because like you mentioned, the maxis, Bitcoin maxis, complexity is the enemy. You want to keep this thing as simple as possible. You want to keep it to small blocks. You want to keep it to be not, they consider a lot of these uh, ordinal inscriptions to be spam. And they look at something like this as just a huge grift. Right, because it bogs the system down, right? 
it massively bogs the system down on top of that ad they're still kind of abiding by the this is a right click save as situation like give me a break um i can just capture an image here and this is a complete scam these images have zero value and of course that gets to the heart of the controversy is um is it up to anyone to decide what has a value um isn't that what the free market's all about like if i decide that this image that's inscribed on the blockchain has a permanency to it that i value isn't that up to me to decide that so you have this whole controversy and it ties back to the history of uh block size wars way back in the Mm -hmm. 2017 2018 where you had similar arguments over hey we need to make the blocks bigger so that you know we can enable different possibilities on the network and that's Mm -hmm. what bitcoin cash came out of that's what i was just going to ask you wasn't there a fork yeah yeah that's what later on Bitcoin Satoshi vision with the person who I refuse to name, uh, <laughs> who claims to be Satoshi Nakamoto, right? Uh, kind of propose, promoted Satoshi, Satoshi, yeah. Um, and this whole uh, controversy kind of stems out of that because at the heart of it is this argument over, you know, should we make Bitcoin something that enables all these different possibilities with smart contract software, or is this meant to be purely a store of value and a means of trading value? Uh, or are we losing the script here by adding all this other stuff? Isn't that, isn't that the, isn't that the, um, the value proposition of Ethereum, right? It's the, it's why Ethereum exists to provide what Bitcoin doesn't. So there's op- there's opportunities there. So I don't I I mean I can see both sides of this. It's like okay, we want to protect the vision to I hate to use that word because <laughs> you know, we want to protect the vision. I'm not even right. going to bring that guy up in block. Like that's <laughs> he's a, he's that yeah. So he's we want to protect the of vision that. of Bitcoin. <laughs> we want to protect the vision of Bitcoin and yet uh we want to we we, I say collectively using the general, we also want to see innovation. So where where is that line? Right? Where is that line for the maxi? Do you know? Well, I think the unfortunate thing with it is that the line is being drawn at NFTs are a scam, right-click save as. And to me, that's a really weak argument. It is. And that's, that really... Um, I'll tell you why that's a weak argument. And Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Eath brought it, brought it up in this conversation that I had this week about CryptoPunks and copyrights. Um, he thinks of Web3, and I, and I agree with him, it's the ownership layer of the internet. Right? And so if we agree, like you were saying, that these images have value and because they're on chain, stored on chain or whatever, the NFT is the token to that, to that image. Um, then, then where, sh- where we agree that we can own that particular image. So I don't think, I think it's wrong to assume that NFTs are a scam. I think that's a bad line to be drawn. I just think it's, it's a line that's very difficult to justify except for through angry all caps statements. Well, what's their justification? 
Like, is it just like literally scam. right click save as? That's, That's the justification. All, on top of that, you could argue here's here's one part of it. Okay, is if you look at the history again, block size wars, you could argue this is yet another attack on Bitcoin Core. Let's call it uh, in an attempt to go, hey, look, this doesn't work very well. So let's bog it down with a bunch of crap that makes it run poorly, makes fees um, unsustainable because people aren't going to use it because it's too expensive to use. Is this kind of a, a an insider attack on Bitcoin mm-hmm. Core to, to make it perform poorly? Now, of course, flip side being some people are saying, well, this is proof that Bitcoin can last beyond mining block rewards because, of course, Rewards drop approximately every four years. I forget the number of blocks it is before the halving. Um, but anyway, approximately every four years, you have a reduction in block rewards. And eventually, we're talking like 100 years from now, it's only going to be sustained through transaction fees. But as of now, even just with these ordinals, some blocks are actually getting higher amount of money through transaction fees than they are through block rewards. So it's already uh, more profitable just because of the transaction fees. And because of the, because of this ownership aspect, this, these NFT like. Because of uh, these other applications of Bitcoin, as opposed to just sending value. Yeah. So I wonder for the general consumer, right? Which many of us maybe are. What do we what do we need to be worried about here? I well, I'll, let me let me say this. I I think this is about a protocol war, which isn't going to make I think sense for most people, but here we have these different protocol layers to web3. And I think yeah. there are people who think that Bitcoin is the transactional layer, sending money back and forth, and then there are others who think of Ethereum and others as this ownership layer. And I think we're sussing that out. I think right. we're trying to figure out what works best where. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not, I, I own ordinals. I have experimented on Bitcoin. I don't really see the value it provides as a creator because I can already do everything that I want to do on Ethereum. So mm-hmm. I don't know why I would go to Bitcoin for that. And maybe you have insight as to why that would be the case. But for me, and I've experimented because I think it's important to experiment. But why am I going to Bitcoin? Why? And I'm not a an, a chain maxi. I will explore all the chains. Solana, everything you know, except Solana. Uh, I've, I've exp- Let me bring this back. I've explored enough chains that I feel like I don't need to go to Solana because I feel like I'd be chasing value and not opportunity mm. if that makes sense i could do everything else i want to do in most places yeah except well i think it's an interesting blend of people who are loyal to the bitcoin ecosystem and feel an affinity to it as the crypto everything else is just they'll say bitcoin not crypto is kind of a motto right so it's an interesting blend of people who are most loyal to Bitcoin and see it as the only true um, network consensus blockchain that really has value. And so there, well, that's not true because clearly in the long term, yeah, like these people will argue that 
over the course of time, all these other cryptos will just get eaten up by the by people seeing that Bitcoin is the place to be. So I don't know. I mean, mm. you know, I, it's I interesting. Do, I don't agree with that. I don't either. You know, um, obviously they have different purposes. It's pretty clear they do. Um, yeah. I a multi-chain do. world seems like the most the most viable solution in the future. So why would anybody, why would you assume that it's all going to come back down to one? Yeah. What do you think of this 0.1 mint price? That's that's pretty pricey for a grand for a mint. <laughs> the cabal, man, they're at it again. <laughs> I was briefly part of the cabal um, when I got my 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 honorary pfp by 80 bits but um i've never been in the cabal before (laughs) and i haven't been in again what do i think about this point four i think they are siphoning money oh point one well four four thousand is what my brain had 4.3 right 4.3k are we at 4200 right now that doesn't matter 42,000. yeah it's egregious but if people the people who have the ability to pay for them are the ones that are going to pay for them. They're typically not my audience as an author, typically. Right. You know, I'm not in that stratosphere yet. I'm not a people. So, like, I don't, I don't know. I have a go-do-you attitude about it. Like, it me doesn't too. really bother me. I'm like, hey, make it one BTC if you want. I couldn't care less. Fuck yeah. I mean, like, go buy an Ether Rock or whatever, too. Like, again... All of these things, it doesn't really affect me as a creator. And I get why some people are upset. It's like they see this money going mm-hmm. somewhere and they mm-hmm. wish it was coming to them. Yeah. And 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 I think I tweeted tweeted at this, tweeted about this. I did tweet about this the other day. It's like, what, where are you putting your focus? If you're constantly focusing on the opportunities and the things you don't have, that's all you're going to see. Yep. What? What Web3 and all these multi-chains provide for us isn't what happens at the top. It's like it lifted, it re- to, to, quote, to quote a brand here, rising tide lifts all ships. Um, it literally has lifted the floor. It hasn't changed yeah. the ceiling, but it's lifted the floor of opportunity for all of us to get a little piece of the action in, in the larger market. Mm-hmm. That's what Web3 has really done. And a lot of people focus on what happens at the Beeple, X-Copy. What are these things called? The cats? Quantum cats. Quantum cats. Like, that's where I've stopped focusing on that, Um, which is why I was surprised. I mean, not surprised, but when you brought it up, I was like, yeah, I didn't hear about that. Because I'm I'm focused on, like, personally, I'm focused on something completely different. Uh I'm focused on the opportunities I could see for myself, which are different than the opportunities you see and and other artists see. I just think it's a weird thing to get hung up on if you're hugely a free market kind of libertarian minded person to get upset about this. Although I do see how one can interpret it as an attack on the network. But the point is Bitcoin has to be resilient to those things. Like if it can't stand up to to attacks, then it's not working. That's the way it's going to prove itself. Yeah. If it truly is the, if, as they say, the, the one chain to rule them all, um, to, to quote Highlander a little bit. <laughs> uh, if it truly is that, then you're right. It has, it has to be resilient to all kinds of innovation, um, all kinds of, if this is an attack, I don't think it's an attack. I think it's just an expansion of innovation that's already happening elsewhere. And Max, want, some people want to see it on their chain. 
And like, some people want to like buy a... it, so why wouldn't you make something to sell it? To yeah, I mean, I like, tried to make something to sell on that chain. forcing people to buy them. No, well, the cabal is, obviously. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's get back to this. Let's get back to this right-click, save as, um, draw the line at NFTs, which I think dovetails into this conversation I was having hmm. with Jimmy and Sean Bonner. But here's what I want to say first. And, and the reason I bring this up is we talk, along with NFTs comes the conversation of, of copyrights in mm -hmm. some way, shape, or form, whether it's through remixing that people are stealing ideas, whatever it is. Uh, Jimmy Eath goes on to say that it is the protocol layer of the internet. I'm at the protocol. It is the ownership layer of the internet. I agree. The courts, which I'm going to quote something from the, the Hermes uh, Rothschild court case, which adds which adds some legal perspective on this in a second i'll quote on it um uh i think he's right and they the courts go on to say individuals do not purchase nfts to own a digital deed in quotes divorced from any other asset they buy them precisely so they can exclusively own the content associated with the nft which is really interesting because this adds a different this adds context and clarity to the CryptoPunks copyright debate and mm. maybe even adds clarity to the right-click save as from a legal perspective. Um, it's clear the courts see NFTs as owning the asset it's related to because mm -hmm. a lot of times there was a debate about whether the asset, you even own the asset because it's on an Amazon server, right? It's not on-chain. That right. kind of cuts the on-chain discussion right through it's like it doesn't matter if it's on chain or off chain according to the courts at least today um what matters is that the nft grants you the idea of ownership to that to that asset which i think is great i you know i didn't know that that the court had said this until i had this conversation with jimmy and sean um and i say it's a conversation really it was like twitter argument back and forth to the point where uh, Jimmy unsubscribed to my newsletter because of the article I put out. Oh, and wow. then we, yeah, well, you know, he felt rightfully, he felt I didn't hear him hmm. in the arguments. And I don't think I did. And I'll say this publicly. I don't think I did because I was so focused on just sharing these papers written by lawyers uh -huh. um, two years ago, 21, 22 and they were they had a completely different perspective of what nft ownership was and the courts have come back and said no actually it is you do own the underlying asset mm -hmm. um so that's what jimmy was trying to say jimmy could be really fiery right um so he came back to me privately and i won't i won't talk about what the discussion was we had a very fruit, fruitful conversation that actually led me to changing the complete article and adding updated information about what the courts have actually said. And, you know, even the writer rips Yuga labs plays a role in this. So it's really interesting when we think about the whole right click save as argument here, we have the maxi saying one thing and the courts, which where this, where this will ultimately go to if someone's fighting copyright or trademark are saying, no, you do actually, it is, Web3 is the ownership layer of the internet, and here is proof and evidence. I guess for me, it's ironic because 
when Bitcoin was kind of more of a novel thing that not a lot of people talked about and it kind of started entering normie conversations, people would say things like, well, yeah, but it doesn't have any objective value. And every Bitcoin aficionado would argue, well, what does have objective value? Everything has subjective value. It's based upon the free market consensus. And what a court says or what a government says or what is dictated to you about value, if a government says this is worth 10, this piece of paper is worth $10, you know, that's uh, generally a military coercion argument, you know, in, se- in, in the sense that that currency value is enforced by force. Whereas if you take anything that's a hard asset, land, gold, silver, Bitcoin. We don't need a court or a government to tell us what it's worth. We decide it by what you're willing to pay for it and what you're willing to sell it for. And that's it. Yeah, that's that's true in the collectibles market. That's the only value that matters. All other value is just imposed upon you and doesn't actually have real value, which is the whole critique of fiat currency to begin with. So it's interesting to me that those same people seem to not be able to see that an NFT or an inscription or whatever you call it can have value by consensus, which is the only value that matters. Right. And they're blinded, I think, by by their love of, is it love? Obsession? of this being the one true, you know, free form, um, anti-government financial, what? Where am I going with this? I have no idea. (laughs) I think they are blinded to it because of the anger of this sort of civil war that's been brewing in that space for years, where you have different parties that have different visions. I hate to use that word again, but... (laughs) Can we think of a different word other than vision? Different um, ideals. Ideals. Uh, Perfect. Uh, in terms of what they imagine Bitcoin ought to be and, right. and perceiving it as an attack. And in some cases, it definitely, you could argue, was an attack. Um, trying to usurp what Bitcoin was. But the market, right. again, it goes back to this. The market, at one point in time, if you look back to those wars, Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin were pretty even for a little bit where Bitcoin Cash was really making a surge in value in trading. And people were thinking like, wow, is this going to be the new Bitcoin? Is this what the market's going to decide? Mm-hmm. And no, the market decided that the small block Bitcoin is Bitcoin. And I don't care what anybody thinks, including the guy I won't name. He can say all he wants that he invented Bitcoin. Nobody uses it. Maybe he version. did. It's not the point. It doesn't matter who created yeah. it. The, what matters is free market consensus has decided Small block Bitcoin is Bitcoin, period. That's all that matters. Yeah, I, don't, I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if people want to do this stuff and the free market decides that it's worth doing, then so be it. If well, they that's, that's the whole put point. Ordinals on there. Yeah, I mean, we're going, we, I'd be we're going around in circles. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be going around in circles again if I just, but I'll just say it. It has to, it has to be resilient to all kinds of 
as I don't think of it as an attack. You use the word attack. I think they think of it as an attack. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was an intentional attack on Bitcoin. I think it was an opportunity to innovate in a way, in a new way to, to mimic what was happening on Ethereum and other chains. I think that's okay. I think that's the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be this exchange of ideas uh, happening. And, and we've seen time and again that maybe not the best technology is the one that wins out. Yep. And so maybe maybe Bitcoin would be, would have been the best technology for NFTs and ordinals and but in my opinion it's it's lagging behind but this is just a, an experimentation phase. I think ultimately everything is going to come back to Ethereum or something else. That's my opinion. Um I'm not an expert, I'm just a user. So, you know, We'll see what uh, happens. And I, I think we've both said before, in the long term, which chain things are on will not matter as much to the vast majority of people. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because right now there is no UI, UX service product layer that's abstract. There isn't a popular UI, UX product service layer that is abstracting all of this. In 20 years, this entire conversation is going to be like Klingon to most people <laughs> because they're not going to care yeah. what's happening on the back end. They're just yes. going to know that they have access to digital assets, that they own it, right? <laughs> and that's it. And then there's this UI in front of it. They're not going to give uh, a shit about any of this. Do you think there will be people 20 years from now going, you got a quantum cat for 0.1 BTC? That's like a million dollars. What were you thinking? <laughs> I mean, if they saw what I paid for a lot of this, a lot of my NFTs in ETH, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. I like the idea that this will all be abstracted and we won't have to. Nerds like us will talk about the olden times, but and nobody will care. Yeah, nobody will care. We'll be I mean, the guy like standing in the corner at the party. Remember when? <laughs> So I don't, what were we talking about? <laughs> New topic. New topic. Excellent segue. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was the, the crypto tax law. Uh, we had discussed this in one of our previous episodes where in the U.S. on January 1st, if you made a transaction or a group of transactions that were $10,000 or more, you had, I think it was, I want to say 15 days, maybe it was 15 days. Yeah. Not a long yeah. time. 15 <laughs> days to report it to the IRS legally or technically. Uh, and then there was a lot of discussion around whether or not, whether or not um, it was viable because in a, in a court case with oh, cryptos and a, a crypto advocacy group, I can't remember exactly their name right now. The IRS's lawyers went to say, well, not really. We have to wait until there's regulation. However, it wasn't until January 16th when the Treasury and IRS sent out a joint release to say, and I quote, businesses do not have to report certain transactions involving digital assets until regulations are issued. So what the lawyers said in that court case, two weeks after the law went into effect and everybody went into a tizzy. The, you know, the uh, the working 
mechanicals of the government finally f saw fit to respond. And here we have, we don't have to do anything or change anything until regulations are issued. What regulations? I don't know. What so it's a nothing mean? burger? It's a... It is a total nothing burger. Nothing burger. The government is really great at creating memes. I've come into... <laughs> I've... I've uh, I'm I'm convinced that their entire policy is to memify everything. Hmm. I mean, it can ultimately result in this law becoming reality. I think it will become a reality. <clears throat> Cash transactions are this way. Sure, if you they are. If yep. you at ten thousand dollars, you are banks typically do it because where do those transactions typically happen between? Banks, right? You, I send you ten thousand dollars. The bank reports it to the IRS for us. It's the exact same reason you can't cross the border with more than ten grand. You can't right. just cross the border with boxes of cash. Yeah, you can with a mnemonic phrase stored in your mind. I don't. I don't remember any of my phrases. That's why they're <laughs> in. That's why they're in. On. I know this is terrible, but I have them in paper in multiple locations in lock boxes. <laughs> Just the way it is. Yeah. Um, I understand. I don't want to be tortured for my money. No, definitely not. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's probably best. <laughs> what do you think of uh, having them stored in like, you know, a bank's, uh, what's that called? Security box. What are those boxes called? Oh, the, uh, the vault? What are they? Is it a vault? It's like a little personal security box. Safety deposit they? box. Safety deposit box. That's a word phrase. What's what the freaking point? Okay. Well, I mean, you could store it in fragments in a couple of safety deposit boxes. You could store no, half I mean, in like, one and half in another. Maybe. But that would, I don't know. I, I want immediate access, don't you? Like, isn't that, why would I want to gatekeep my own money in the very institution that we're, we're claiming to, I don't know. I still think storing overtake. it all in a singular spot is a bad idea. That's what I guess I'm saying. I don't have enough money for people to worry about. Exactly. Yeah, it's not like I'm, it's a big I think I think it was who was it? The Gen the, the Gemini twins, uh the Winklevosses. They went like all in on Bitcoin a long time ago. Right. Right. And then they did this whole this this may be lore, I don't know, but they put like the seed phrase in different parts of the country. Uh -huh. Right. At least this is what I heard. Probably lore. It's like geocaching. Uh, maybe, but probably <laughs> they probably put it in banks in different parts of the world uh, so that nobody can access it. But they're sitting on mounds of money. They're not like normies like you and me with, you know. Right. Yeah. They got that amounts. Facebook. They got that Facebook money. And then yeah. they put all that Facebook money into into Bitcoin. Who's the sucker now? Zuckerberg yeah. still has to deal with all the pressures of Facebook. And these guys just, you know, let the free market decide that Bitcoin is worth forty three thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. I think it's time to get on to Blocked. What's that? I've never heard of it before. <laughs> it's this fun little sequence we do where we talk about who should be blocked on social media. Let's do it. Do you want to get... Oh, that was my cue. Fuck, I <laughs> fucked that up. And just like that, you've been blocked. <laughs> I didn't do the... I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dead air <laughs> and just like that you've been blocked <laughs> this is a part of our show where we have many awkward pauses as i wait for eric to press the just you you know just yeah. like that you've been blocked button
we're still listen we live eight hours very well i don't even know eight hours maybe even longer by flight from each other so we're still trying to figure out the uh the queue sessions here yeah four hours of which are spent sitting in laguardia <laughs> is that where you would fly don't fly to laguardia no newark or jfk all right i'll take note of that for next time yeah newark is better because you're closer to new york city okay cool well, I guess I regret my uh, last flight to New York because I did go through LaGuardia and it was a painful experience. It's an old airport, man. Yeah, no, it is old. Yeah. It's old. It's uh, it's closer to New York City than JFK. Right. It's just old. All right. Okay. So, yeah, who's your blocked? Eric? Uh, oh. We... So, uh, he's a frequent offender. <laughs> you're already the... running out of people to block no he's just so <laughs> egregious that uh it, it is deemed necessary we have the jp morgan ceo jamie diamond who this week on i think it was an nbc show right i believe it was an yeah, nbc I show you're right was talking about how satoshi uh might <laughs> satoshi. come out of satoshi uh, might come out of retirement and and decide to, you know, either sh- erase Bitcoin, just completely erase yeah, it. Yeah, he'll just change the code. Just like Solana, just you know, <laughs> yeah. Turn turn the uh, lights <laughs> off, or or just increase the supply. So, uh, Jamie Diamond, for your utter lack of knowledge of how the Bitcoin or the Bitcoin uh, consensus process would even work for Bitcoin to have to increase its supply also for your utter lack of awareness that that's exactly what the banks do with fiat and you seem to have no fucking problem with this with the banks and just like that you've been blocked (laughs) i want to add something i don't know if he doesn't know i think he just knows most people don't know and he can say whatever he likes it can be complete misinformation total lie well, yeah, and most people will listen to him and go, "Oh, wow, they can do that to Bitcoin." He's you think been, he's? I mean, he's been around this stuff for years now. Surely he knows it can't just be changed like that. Do you think he it's like a, a an active an active act of like suppressing the price in order for the they've literally to... been fined for doing that exact thing multiple times? Yeah, yes, billions of dollars. Yeah, so. Yeah. I have zero trust for him because he'll do whatever he wants to do in order to manipulate people's opinions of things. If it includes lying, so be it. Yeah, he's a comedian to me at this point. The sad thing is most people will listen to that and get scared about it and go, oh, Unfortunately. You know, I don't want to buy Bitcoin, which is what he wants. Right, because they want to keep the price as accessible as possible so they can consume more. They're literally the AP for multiple ETFs. Yeah. What's like, AP? I don't know what that means. Uh, what does it stand for again? Yeah, basically, it means they're the ones that are handling the asset. They're they're the ones that are. Uh, what does it stand for again? Oh, I, I'm annoyed that I can't remember what it stands it for. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it... it it basically means that they're directly involved in the handling of the value of these bitcoins as they get cash creates through these ETFs. What a clown show he is. It's or it's he's something really provider. Sure. I can't remember. 
doesn't matter. Yep. The point being, they're directly heavily involved in the Bitcoin ETFs, and they're at the same time he's saying it's garbage, which is just yeah. Odd. He knows we're laughing at him, and he don't care because most of the people that are listening to him are going to take his word for truth. You ever see? Yeah. Speaking of taking the word for truth, I think it was this dude on on uh, Joe Rogan who mm. sounds so learned mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so authorized sure of himself. Sorry authorized participant oh there we go but there's this dude who sounds so learned and so professorial and so articulate and he's so sure that bitcoin's gonna go to zero mm, ever, yes that was that about guy? a year ago right he literally yeah. was like it's going below zero like below he, zero you know, it can't it, go negative zero but and he said it with such confidence and authority but people are going to listen to that yeah right and then and that today, was when it, i think it was like sixteen thousand at the time unbelievable and then today art gnome put out a great tweet he's like i'm something along the lines of um the smartest people that he's sometimes the smartest people aren't the most articulate hmm. you know and he's been i'll paraphrase i think he went on to say that like he will take the time to listen to somebody who's not as articulate because maybe that's where like these 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 uh um what am i saying i don't even know what i'm saying anymore like knowledge bombs you know gems of knowledge gems thank you these like you know they're coming from people who don't really know how to communicate really well and i think that's accurate i think sometimes the best people who know how to communicate which is what else he goes on to say just like that dude who's like really sounds really educated and knows what's going to happen to bitcoin onto joe rogan's show is a you know and people are going to listen to him, but you know he probably doesn't know any more than you or I do um, about what's going to happen in Bitcoin in the next five minutes. Hmm. He's just a very good speaker. Yeah, something that I'm not clearly uh, with the <laughs> awkward kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah. So really, it was a humble brag to say how how smart I am. You are you're you're packed. With, your brain is packed with what, what would you say? Uh, what what? I'm just being a jackass now. So, what is, sir, what is your, uh, who, who are, oh, can, can I do a sub block real quick? Sure. Yeah. I think Senator Warren's, uh, <laughs> just needs to be sub blocked. No, Reiterated. no, no, uh, no other information provided. She just, and just like that, you've been blocked. <laughs> All right, go ahead. She's something else. I'm She's telling great. you. Comedy gold. Oh, man. Fortunately, she has a very low success record of actually getting any of her proposed ideas executed to any it's degree. Like, what's <laughs> it, like below 15% or something like that? <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. That she's yeah. that ineffective. She gets a lot of airtime, a lot of airplay. Yeah, well, so did Bernie Williams. And Williams. the end result is air. <laughs> Fortunately. Yeah, the only, the only gentleman who's been able to successfully steal airtime and actually win an election uh and basically get is trump trump mm -hmm, was mm -hmm, mm -hmm. genius yep at his ability to steal airtime 100 percent, absolutely yep he may not be a genius but you know his his ability well, to steal it was absolutely yeah uh anyway, so yeah i've got i've got a, a block to that is probably a little predictable and just like that, you've been blocked. <laughs> Jim Cramer, 
Hey, I did mention him last week. He's an analyst uh, who's, you know, constantly talking stocks and uh, he's on uh, Mad Money on CNBC. And he's always coming out with his, you know, buy this, sell this. This is crap. This is great. Um, and about uh, two weeks after these ETFs had launched or a week after these ETFs has launched, he puts out this post that says, a nasty beginning to the Bitcoin sell-off. Someone's probably going to try to make a stand here. But as we said last night, you can't have an asset double in value by hundreds of billions of dollars in anticipation of an ETF. And then almost no one shows up, he says. Okay. Now, this is, again, this reminds me of Jamie Dimon. This is a guy who knows his stuff. All right. And whatever you think of Jim Cramer, he does understand how this market works. Um, and he's here saying on X that nobody showed up for this ETF. And he knows damn well that's not true. Well, he's this playing is, a character on TV. This is the most successful ETF launch of all time. Gold is the number one commodity ETF, as it should be, for now anyway. Second place, silver? Nope. Oil? Nope. Fucking Bitcoin. Second place. After a week. Yep. <laughs> Unreal. Okay, and he's like, nobody showed up, right? Um, he wants nobody to show up. Yeah, right? So, uh, Eric Balchinus, I've, I've cited him before from Bloomberg. He says, let me put into context how insane the first three days, $10 billion of volume was in these ETFs. Let's just compare this. There were 500 ETFs launched in 2023, 500. They did a combined $450 million in volume. Those 500 ETFs in 2023. This one did 45 million. Many have had months to get going, okay? The Bitcoin ETFs in three days, $10 billion. Mm. So, so unsuccessful. Like, listen to those numbers. You're comparing $450 million between 500 other ETFs, $10 billion in Bitcoin ETFs. Yeah, 11 less ETFs. than a million per 500. These ETFs are killing it. Now, yeah. the one issue that, strangely, I'm a little disappointed, didn't really get brought up a lot before the ETF launch, was this whole grayscale GBTC redemption phenomenon. Because if you look back to GBTC, GBTC, say half a year ago, year ago, whatever it was, you had this discount on grayscale Bitcoin uh, shares because they weren't redeemable. And so you were better off in another place with your, if you wanted the value to be paired with what Bitcoin is really worth. And once they got this ETF thing, of course, now you have this parity between the share and the value of Bitcoin. So a lot of people who, bought it at a discount, like you're talking a substantial discount. I don't remember the exact number, but it was like 30, 40% off. It was like that's buying Bitcoin at a yeah. 30 or 40% discount. Like that's amazing, yeah. right? So those people now can get that value, a massive gain, right? Mm -hmm. uh, by, on top of the price gain, right? 30, 40% yeah, on, on top, top of the of price, price gain. So yeah. it's, 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 so they can sell those shares taking a huge profit, which I've talked about before. I said, they're going to be profit taking before yeah. this thing starts ramping up mm -hmm. because these people have been sitting on this and now they can finally cash this out. 
make a killing, right? Yeah. They can rotate it into another ETF that has lower fees because GBTC has the highest fees. Okay. And, yeah. or they can just cash out, which some of them are doing. Yet, we still have almost parity on these GBTC massive daily outflows. And you still have inflows that are matching or exceeding that going into ETFs. There will be an equilibrium reached here where this GBTC stops having these massive outflows. What's going to happen then? You think people are going to stop buying this stuff? No. Is, do you, is that why you think like, we're not analysts, right? But is that why you think there's been not a lot of price movement since the launch of the ETF on Bitcoin? Because I believe so. And a and a lot flow. of it, of course, is OTC. So it just doesn't show up on the markets. We just don't uh, right. see it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now you could say, well, I don't know if these inflows will keep up. And that's possible. Inflows could slow down. They usually do. This has been an amazing ETF launch in that they haven't slowed down yet. And normally they do after the first two or three days. So this just shows how much, how much, how much, uh, how, mu how much institutions value this, this asset, uh, even though they're not saying, at least in my opinion, at least they're not saying it publicly when we look at diamond head, um, you know, they're saying the opposite, but it's clear they value this asset. Right now, the fear being, Grayscale GPTC could keep outflowing pretty much daily with these massive outflows. Like you're talking like half a billion dollars in outflows. Yeah. Daily. <laughs> well, what's the incentive to keep it at Grayscale? I don't think there is for most people because they've, right. they've made such an incredible gain here and they can just cash out and then reinvest. Why, why wouldn't right. you take advantage of that, that money that you gained through that discount? It makes no sense not to do that. So the fear being, is this going to go on for months? Which could be a valid point. But at some yeah. point, that will run out. Yeah. I think people expected this ETF to turn Bitcoin into the $250,000 asset, you know, they believe it is. Mm -hmm. And what we're seeing is just, market action the way it's i think the way it's built to be at least yeah. right now well here's here this is a thing many crypto people love the excitement and volatility of crypto and how fast it moves and so at over the course of time of course it slows down it becomes less volatile and it's less exciting yeah which is why you see people buying shit coins because they still do have that volatility and excitement right and over the course of time you know i i just think it's the process slows down yeah, there's going to still be profit taking. I'm not an expert on this. I'm not giving financial advice here. And then it it continues to just slowly climb. It's, but it's not going to be, well, maybe there will be an Omega candle the day that GBT stops dumping. I don't know. And it's people are blaming Grayscale for the dumping, but it's people who own the shares that are selling the shares that are selling it. Like, right, and that's their job. Is like I'm I'm making profit. Why am I not? Why we? Why are you hating on me for taking profit? Yeah, it's not some guy sitting at Grayscale dumping this on the market. It's right. people who own the shares who are taking advantage of the gains, which they, they need, should. Yeah. Well, let's before we get into this. Who is this about again? Okay, one more time, Jim Cramer. And just like that, you've been blocked. <laughs> Thank you.
because well, he knows damn well that this is done phenomenally well. Yeah, and he's listen. He's playing a character on TV. He he knows. He's like uh, he knows what his what his audience wants. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but he might have a point that it'll, it'll be subdued for a while because of this. Sure, process. sure. I, I see no issue with that. I don't. Yep. You know, there will come a time though that there's not a lot of people left that want to sell those shares, and then it will just resume. Yeah, it'll 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 rise in price again. The way, listen, we're constantly going to see rise and fall in market value. Yep, constantly. And I am a little disappointed that there was virtually no talk of this prior to the ETF launch, when there had to have been people who were aware that Grayscale was sitting on these shares that had gained so much value, and all these shareholders would be bound to profit from it, and nobody seemed to see that coming. Well, or maybe they were just overwhelmed by the excitement of the ETF. Okay. And blinded by, you know, anything else that could possibly affect it. It's like when you have a nut flush in poker and you're like looking at a table and there's like a pair on the table and you don't see that someone could have a full house because you're so blinded by your own nut flush. You're so excited about that hand that you've got. I have, this is, this is cling on to me. Explain. Well, it's a common thing in poker when you hit a good hand to blind yourself to better hands. Ah. You 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 miss out. You get so excited about the good hand you've got. Yeah, what's a nut flush though? That means the best flush on the table. So, for example, a flush with an ace high that would beat any other flush. So, if someone else has say uh let's say it's a flush of hearts and someone else has a 10 of hearts, but you have an ace of hearts, you've got the nut flush. But somebody could have a full house and that beats a nut flush. That beats a flush. Oh, beats a flush. Right. Right. But when you got that good thing happening, you don't. Right. It's, you're psychologically, you can't see the other possibilities when you get excited. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I wonder, my analogy kind of fell apart because you're not a poker guy. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I wonder if we go off topic a little bit, but I wonder if, uh, if uh, sociopaths are better poker players. I would guess yes. I would guess so. You know, I don't know. They can't like, I don't know. They can mimic. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Oh, so sociopaths still get excited for their own well-being, though. Yeah, but they also can't recognize uh, emotion in other people, right? Am I understanding that might make them worse poker players if you can't perceive that? I was, you know, I was just thinking that. Hmm. Ignore everything I just said again. I'm an idiot. It's an interesting thought experiment. Yeah. I don't play poker. I don't get excited about gambling. We've talked about this. Uh, the gambling of the Web3 is different. That doesn't feel like gambling. It feels like experimentation to me. Hmm. That's how you so, justify it anyway. Uh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much money did you lose experimenting this week, Eric? <laughs> way, to, way, to, way to shine a light on me. Um <laughs> Fuck, I hate it when you're right. <laughs> Classic gambler denial. Speaking of experimentation, real quick, I was thinking about this week about the impact of like artists and uh, art being participants in the same market, mm-hmm. like a daily participant in the same market activity and visibility. Mm-hmm. So, like, we as creators get to see uh, the in, in the daily floor price, the daily sales. We have access to all that data. 
Right. That's new. That's new. Yeah, for transparency us. is a new thing. The transparency is completely new. And I, I wrote about this, but only because I didn't think um, I, I didn't think this way until I wrote about it, which was I'm totally affected by having access to this data. And sometimes it's overwhelming hmm. because you th- I sometimes think I'm defined by that data. And then I have to remind myself that that is just one aspect. And what's different here is I have access to the information, but I don't know yet how to ingest it. So I have to like blind myself to it sometimes um, because this is when we see other artists who are super successful and we're like, but I'm not, why ain't I having the same success as this person or that person? And it's only because we get to see our quote unquote value compared to the value of so-and-so artists. It's a very, it's, it's not even a phenomenon. It's a reality of being in today's marketplace and web three that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. And the reason I'm bringing it up now is uh, I didn't think about it until we just started talking. So hmm. otherwise like, I would have mentioned it. It's kind of like going from, I don't know if you were ever a gamer, but it's kind of like going from singer, single player games where you'd have all your swag that you'd earned in the game, but it didn't yeah. really matter because no one else saw it except yourself. So you might've been happy about it. And then MMOs came along and all of a sudden you could be like, check out my sword of flame plus one or whatever. And everybody, power else, could, 50. <laughs> everybody else could see these things. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And uh, it added an element of competition to it that has an addictive nature to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that adds like the gambling aspect that you were just talking about. I define it like experimentation, but it's true. I also see myself in the market as a mm-hmm. participant and also in the market as an asset and then in the market as a participant as like sometimes these things are are um, really affecting and rubbing against each other because I'm trying to rationalize. Okay, how, how am I as a creator? Mm-hmm. Do I live to the traditional ethos of what a quote unquote artist is? Right. What does that even mean? Like you go through all this, you know, figuring it out. And I think that a lot of artists are in the same place. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of education here. Mm-hmm. And all all of this is to simply say, um, you're not alone. We're all trying to figure it out. Yep. Well, I mean, if you really want to get into that, I maybe you should delve into Solana because there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on there with people buying and selling and trading. No. <laughs> No, nothing against the line. Where you draw the line? No, it's not a line draw. There's been some artists that have been incredibly successful on there. I was looking at um, totally, you know, Kath Simard. Is that how her name is pronounced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, I was looking at her work on exchange.art, beautiful landscape photography, Mm -hmm. and tremendously successful. She's been successful on Ethereum too, but of course, I, yeah, Um, or Sabbath. He's killed it on exchange.art. Sabbath, he's amazing. Uh, yeah, the, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's not a line that I'm drawing as much as like, I'm not, I don't have any work that I'm interested in dropping right now. And I haven't right. since December. I'm kind um, of in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. And, and it may even go longer. And the re- I have other things I'm focusing on. I'm trying to, you know, like the practice is still ongoing. I'm still mm-hmm. experimenting, still exploring, 
but I don't really feel an urge to to drop. You know, like people are like, oh, first in 2024. I don't really like I don't have that urge. I got gotcha. you. You know, I'm looking for I'm looking for a deeper meaning in my work right now. Hmm. And that's where I'm at. Hmm. Um, you know, good for the people who are being successful in Samanada. I think like cool. You know, but I also tweeted out and then deleted it because what I like to do is I like to tweet things for people who have who have notifications on and then delete it. Uh-huh. And so they were like, I think it was NFT now highlighted like top 10 Solana artists. And then I and it, they were really great artists, actually. And then I wrote a like a like a an, a repost and I said, coming to an Ethereum platform near you dot 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 because. <laughs> I just feel like everybody's going to end up back on Ethereum at some point. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, this has been a great conversation. Anything you Always. want to add or are we no, uh, you know, things up here? I like dropping things on your lap at the last minute. Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Got a couple this of shout outs at the end there with Kath Samard. Kath Samard and, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Her, uh, her story is really interesting too. She's she travels all over the place in way too Ooh, cold weather. She's Canadian too, is she? Yep. No wonder why you like her. Um, <laughs> uh, like I'm I, I I live in the Northeast, but not like the North like you beyond the wall. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I can't. I would never want to travel the way she travels into like these desolate places and mm. take these beautiful photographs too freaking cold for me man yeah i don't know i guess you adjust right like when it's gonna be right around freezing we'll probably here we'll be walking around in t-shirts and jeans it'll be like oh it's so nice out yes it's sweaters <laughs> it's shorts and sweater weather <laughs> no right literally on. t-shirts i'm not exaggerating really Mm-hmm. Well, when you swing a hundred degrees and your yeah, body's it's 100 used to degrees warmer. Hey, we started on weather, we're ending on weather. Have yeah. a great week, Eric. Have... I hope the weather's lovely where you are. Yeah, it is for now. It's supposed to warm up. You have a good awesome. one. All right. Take care, man.